Man, week four of I hate people. I've come to realize that I could actually go 52 weeks in this series. That's how much I can hate different types of people. But we're going to tone it down next week, and we're going to wrap it up. And I think next week of all the messages is probably going to be the most convicting message for everybody because we're going to talk about that one person that we hate more than anybody, that one person whose actions cause us to genuinely just despise everybody. We're going to talk next week about that one person that every single person here deals with at one time or another. We're going to talk about ourselves. Because at the end of the day, man, there's nobody I hate more at certain times than myself. My actions, my attitudes, the things I do, the self-loathing, the insecurities. And we're going to talk about what do you do when the hatred of yourself manifests itself into hating everyone around you. But today we're going to talk about a subject that's kind of interesting because I've talked about the subject generally a lot. I've never talked about the subject specifically at all. Have you ever been around somebody, and I want you to raise your hands. Let me, let me make this clear to you. I want you to raise your hands, not point. <laughs> this acceptable, this not acceptable. Have you ever been around somebody who criticizes every single thing you do? Rhonda, don't point at me. The way you dress, the way you clean, the way you talk, the way you walk. Have you ever just done life with somebody? It might be your spouse, it might be a friend, it might be a family member, it might be a co-worker. And they just have that spiritual gift of being critical. Nothing is ever good enough. No matter what you do, you know they're going to nitpick it. Are they the type person, this is always a weird type person to me, they'll brag about everything you do to everyone else, but criticize to you as it's never good enough because they're just trying to help you be better. The fact of the matter is we all deal with critical people, and there's nobody that will cause you to hate people in general more than critical people. Now here's the deal. I've talked a lot at Action Church about how you deal with criticism. Matter of fact, I would dare say I've probably talked about how you deal with criticism more than I've dealt with any other subject because as a church, it's probably the thing that we deal with the most. As an individual in my own life, I've had to learn how to deal with criticism a lot. So we've covered the subject of criticism a lot. But we've never covered the subject of how you deal with a critical person. We've dealt with the subject, but not the individual. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about how do we deal with criticism. How do we deal with the critical person? Because if you don't learn how to deal with the critical person, very quickly in life you will learn to hate that person. And as you learn to hate that person, it will manifest itself into the fact that you hate 
all persons. And that's contrary to the word of God. I always like to give you deep things that you've never heard of before. Things that will rock your world that are just so earth-shattering that you're like, wow, Gary's so smart. So here's your earth-shattering thing today that you've probably never heard of. In this life, you will be criticized. Okay, maybe it's not that earth-shattering. Maybe it's not something you didn't know. The fact of the matter is, by the way, you are very dead today. You have no reason to be dead today. It's not rainy. It's not cloudy. It's sunny. I get it. Everybody was outside yesterday. I get it. I can't breathe. My allergies are a whole nother level. I get it. But I'm going to count to three, and we're just going to, we're going to shout amen, because I, I, I'm so tired of you being dead on Sunday mornings. I scare you. Well, Faye, I ain't going to lie. You scare me. All right? So one, two, three. God, I like you excited to be in the house of God. Sometimes y'all act like y'all are at a funeral on Sunday mornings, all right? I get it, the band played Nickelback, and that would depress anybody. But listen, be excited. You're in the house of God, all right? Phil went old school with some worship today, too, man. If you weren't raised in church about 20 years ago, you didn't know some of those songs. In this life, you will be criticized. The fact that you're being criticized, let me burst your bubble. It doesn't make you special today. It doesn't mean you're doing something great today. You can be doing something horrible and be criticized. People will criticize you. And the fact of the matter is, criticism is nothing new. As you read this book, and you go through this book, and you read the stories of people in this book, over and over and over, the people who were doing the will of God were criticized. The people who weren't doing the will of God were criticized. The men were criticized. The women were criticized. The young were criticized. The old were criticized. This book is a full of people who were criticized. In the Old Testament, Moses gets criticized by his own family. Imagine that. For the woman he married. He married a Cushite woman, and Aaron and Miriam couldn't stand that he would marry someone like this. And they begin to criticize him. Anybody, don't raise your hand. But you know what I'm talking about. My father-in-law likes to tell people, my daughter married a preacher. Now, you know, my father-in-law, this is the ultimate insult in his book. I'd rather have married a cop. <laughs> Criticism for who she married. You're in the Moses Club. Moses was criticized. This always blew my mind. He was criticized by the children of Israel. This is show you that people will criticize anything. He was criticized by the children of Israel because he helped them escape slavery. They were enslaved. They were in slavery. They were in bondage. Moses comes along. He helps them become free. And they started reminiscing about the good old days of slavery. Ain't it amazing how we get comfortable in our discomfort? We're in a horrible marriage. We get out of the marriage, and there's times we go back and think, man, things were just so much easier in those days. They weren't easier. You just got comfortable in your discomfort. So the children of Israel begin to criticize Moses for this. I mean, good Lord Jesus Christ himself, the perfect, the only perfect human being who ever lived, was criticized. A man without sin. 
He's the son of God. Well, he hangs out with the wrong kind of people. <laughs> he eats with tax collectors. He heals people on the Sabbath. He's a friend of sinners. And they begin to criticize Jesus. You're not special because you get criticized. I want everybody to repeat after me today. I will be criticized. Accept it. The problem is we try to fight it. The problem is we get angry about it. The problem is we take it personal. Well, how can I not take it personal? I'm going to show you. And we allow it to affect us, and it begins to affect us in ways that we dislike people because we don't know how to deal with critical people. See, praise and criticism are a dangerous thing. You can live by the praise of people, and you can live by the criticism of people, and they'll both destroy you. Matter of fact, there's probably no two tell-alls in your life like what you praise and what you criticize. What you praise in life often tells you what you value the most. Praise often tells what we value the most. When we praise somebody else, what comes natural to us to praise shows what we value. For example, if you're the type person, and there's nothing wrong with this, let me make that very clear, but you're the type of person who notices people who have nice clothing, and you notice when their clothes look good, and when their clothes fit them right, or you notice whatever about their clothing. That means you value clothing. I'm, I'm not a type person, as you can tell. That values that type of stuff, so I very rarely praise people for that. I'm just not the type of person who's going to walk into me, man, digging that outfit today. Like how you got those colors matching and they, they blend together and them true religion jeans, man, they're fitting you right in the right places and, man, they look good. I don't value that kind of stuff. If you're the type of person that's always complimenting people, man, I can tell, man, you've been losing weight and you're getting in shape, you're, you value health. Again, nothing wrong with valuing health. I'm just giving you examples. What we praise is what we value the most. I'm not the type of person who's going to walk up to somebody and be like, man, you're killing it at the gym. Because again, as you can tell, it's not necessarily something I value. For me in my own life, I'm kind of the person who's going to walk up to you and be like, man, notice you've been hustling lately. Man, I'm proud of you starting that business. Man, I saw what you were doing online. Because you know why? Because that's something I value. I value those type of things. I value hustlers. I, I value entrepreneurs. It's what I'm into. And so normally we praise what we value. When you tell people, man, you've got such great kids, your kids are disciplined, I'm so impressed with how you parent, that means you value good parenting. What we praise tells us what we value. Man, that car. Man, that basketball game. And again, nothing wrong with any of those things. It just reveals what we value. We praise what we value. Man, I'm so impressed with how that person's growing in their faith and they're growing in the Word of God. We value those type things. Now, criticism often reveals our deepest insecurities. What we praise is what we value. What we criticize is what we're insecure about. 
look how he dresses. Doesn't he know that shirt is so five years ago? It's faded. Did he even iron it today? I did. I just I was in a hurry. Those shoes don't go with that outfit. See, we're insecure in how we dress. So we manifest it on other people. He doesn't care about his body at all. When was the last time he even saw a gym? You're insecure about your self-appearance. You know what I mean? I mean, they're good at business, but. I mean, I know their business is striving, but, you, you know, I heard Mommy and Daddy funded that business. I mean, they're killing it, but, I mean, that's just not how I would do it. We're insecure about failing in business. We criticize what we're insecure about. Yeah, they seem happy. You know he ain't being faithful. You're insecure that your spouse ain't being faithful. Not a lot of amens on that one. But it's true. Praise reveals what we value. And criticism reveals what our deepest insecurities are about. When I sit back and I listen to people criticize other people, I immediately know what their deepest fears are in life. I know what their deepest insecurities are in life. I know what it is that they feel inadequate about in life, and therefore they manifest it on other people. And by the way, I'm not preaching at you today. I'm preaching with you today. Gary Lamb and I am guilty as charged. Remember, praise and criticism are often windows to the heart. Whatever you praise reveals what you value. Whatever you criticize reveals your deepest insecurities. Reminds me of a guy I used to pastor, and he had a roommate. And he would rail nonstop to me about his roommate. I just don't know if I can live with this guy. I don't know. I said, man, why does he keep the house dirty? Does he do this? No, he does not. Great. Comes in on time. He pays rent. The house is always clean. Doesn't mess with my stuff. But I know that he's in his room looking at porn. It was just real. This dude would get so angry about his roommate looking at porn. And I used to always say to myself, that's funny that you're worried about the dude looking at porn. Because I know the lady you're sleeping with is married. And it just seemed kind of hypocritical to me. But he was criticizing what he was insecure about. He knew what he was doing was wrong. So it manifests itself on his roommate. See, when you criticize, it reveals those insecurities. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 7, 4, how can you think of saying, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? See, it's easy for me to tell you everything you're doing wrong, but I don't want to evaluate in my own life and see what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> but you praise reveals what you value. <laughs> and, and have you ever wondered why People can be so critical, and I, and I can be so guilty. This is something that I'm continually working on in my life. What I've learned is the more critical people are, the more negative people are, the more people criticize other people, the ones that do it the most are really the ones who just don't like themselves. They'll criticize you because it validates them. <laughs> I knew he'd relapse. 
I knew he wasn't going to cut it. Every time I hear an addict say something like that, it's in a negative connotation. I'm like, yeah, you're trying to validate the fact that you're staying sober. You're probably struggling. You're probably white-knuckling. You're doing good. You haven't relapsed yet, but you're validating yourself by tearing them down. See, we think we build ourselves up by tearing others down. So the question becomes, how do we deal with critical people? Because every day, we're going to deal with critical people. Some of you grew up with critical parents. It was never good enough. Never. Man, you went three for four. All they talked about was why you missed the one ball. You hit a double. They want to know why you didn't hit a triple. You scored three goals. Why didn't you score four goals? Man, you got five A's and one B. And it's a B plus. They want to know why you didn't get that A. It was never good enough for you. No matter what you did, you couldn't live up to their standards. And the fact of the matter is their standards that they're put on you, they didn't live up to either. And that's why they're putting them on you. Hello. Sometimes you can be in a marriage that's characterized by being critical. You're never good enough. No matter what you do, you're not this and you're not that. And you can, you can get to the point where you nitpick apart. I used to do this when Christine and I first got married and didn't even realize I was doing it. And it's something I continually, I'm working on. It can be at work, it can be at friends. Lord knows, man, the most critical people in the world are Christians. Unfortunately, we can be the most critical of other Christ followers. Because what happens is we become Christ followers, we get in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God begins to work in our life in certain areas, and we think the Holy Spirit of God ought to be working in everyone's life in the same areas, though the Holy Spirit of God might be working in their life in another area, because they weren't struggling with the area you were struggling with, but we want to know why they're not doing what you're doing at the same time you're doing it and how you're doing it, and we become critical of them. We look at the speck in their eye instead of the log in our own eye. So how do we deal with critical people? Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because if there's anything you've heard me say in this sermon before, it's this a thousand times. Matter of fact, I said it a few weeks ago. But I think it's very important that we go over it again for those that have ever missed it. The first thing we've got to do is we've got to learn which critical people do we listen to. So I've got a little bit of criteria in my life. First of all, if you don't meet this criteria, then I don't even deal with you at all, so it doesn't matter. So you heard me say this a hundred times. I listen to criticism from those that know me those that love me, and those that believe in me. That's very, if you don't know me, you don't get to criticize me. But you can know me and not love me. Shocking. If you don't love me, why would I listen to what you have? Because that means your motives aren't pure in your criticism. But you could also love me and not believe in me in whatever area it is you're criticizing me in. You can love me and believe in me in all these years, but maybe you don't believe in this area. So that's the criteria. If they don't line up to this, we don't listen to them. If they don't fall under this guideline, you let it come in this area and out there. But that's so hard. Then that's your issue. You need to get over it. That's your insecurities. Everyone does not have a right to speak into your life. Let me repeat that because that was good preaching if a white boy was doing it. And he is. Not everybody has a right to speak into your life. They think they do. Social media has magnified the fact that they think they do. Well, you shouldn't have posted if you didn't want an opinion. I didn't post it for your opinion. I posted it because I felt like posting it because it's my Facebook page and it's my wall and it's America and I can post what I want to post. It didn't mean I wanted your opinion. 
So when they criticize, do they know me? Do they love me? Do they believe in me? Now, that's where I have always stopped when it comes to criticism and messages I have preached. But I have never talked to you about how do you receive criticism from those who meet that criteria. How do we deal with those? Because even those that love us, know us, believe in us, can still be critical people that cause us to hate people. There's a couple of ways we can deal with people like this. First wrong response is this. We can fight. Did you notice I said first wrong response? We can fight. When someone criticizes us, I immediately want to fight back. My heart starts to beat a little bit faster. My blood pressure starts to rise. I get defensive instead of hearing what's being said from the person who knows me, from the person who loves me, from the person who believes in me, the person who has the right to speak into my life. I get ready to fight. I get angry because none of us like to be criticized. We get a little bit frustrated. I want to defend myself because you must just not understand. If you understood, you wouldn't criticize me. <laughs> Man. Or I'm bad about this. I'll walk off from the conversation and then I think all the things I should have said. So then I'm going to look for a way to get back into that discussion. Boom, where I can spring my knowledge on you because I thought about it later. Let me reiterate this again. First, wrong response. We get nowhere fighting. We get nowhere getting defensive. And chances are, for getting defensive about it, there's probably an issue that God, the Holy Spirit of God, is working on. And He sent that person who knows us. Don't be looking at Jack and shaking your head, Jess. Jack, you focus right here, brother. You and me. Jack told me he implemented some principles for my sermon this last week. He said Michelle got in bed. She was trying to put her cold feet on him. He said, what are you doing? She said, I just want you to warm my feet up. He said, what you want is for me to warm your feet up, but what you need is to get out of bed and put some socks on. <laughs> Needless to say, Jack didn't get any this week listening to his preacher. We can fight. They're going to fight this afternoon because of me. <laughs> the second wrong response, we can take flight. We can take flight. That's where when someone who knows us, loves us, and believes in us comes along and they're trying to be critical of what we're doing instead of seeing the truth in it, we run from that person. You know what? You've hurt me. You're constantly criticizing me. and I'm going to keep you at a distance. If I have you at a distance, I don't have to hear your negativity. We explain it away as negativity instead of explaining it away as someone who loves us and cares about us and wants to see the best in us. Those are natural responses. We can fight. We can fight. Have you ever noticed that the natural response to things is always the wrong response to things? 
The what comes natural response is never the right. Because the natural response to criticism, even from those who have earned the right to be critical in our lives, is either to fight or take flight. So what we're going to do is we're not going to operate in the natural. We're going to operate in the supernatural, led by the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm going to give you some pointers today on how we deal with the critical people in your life who've had the right and they've earned the right by knowing you and loving you and believing you to be critical to you. (laughs) We've got to learn this. Because if we don't learn this, we'll never get better. And if we don't learn this, we'll grow to hate people and we'll resent the people that God's brought along in our lives. First thing we're going to do is we're going to learn to listen. I just want you to stare at that for a minute. Someone knows me. Someone loves me. Someone believes in me. And they come to me in an area of my life, and they're critical of an area of my life. My natural response is to either fight or flight. Because there's some people I can't fight with because it makes situations worse, so I would draw from those people. The biblical response to that would be, you know what, this person knows me, and they love me, and they believe in me. I'm going to listen to this person. But you got to know when to listen. We will learn to listen when their motive is to help and not hurt. We'll learn to listen when their motive is to help, not hurt. People can come to you and they can give you advice and they can tell you areas of your life that you need to work on. And how they go about it will affect whether they're to help you or they're there to hurt you. Going to eat that blizzard? How many blizzards you had this week? Think that's helping you lose weight? Complaining all the time that you're fat? How's that blizzard feel? You think that's going to get you skinny? That ain't helping. Hey, man, notice you've been talking about wanting to lose some weight and get healthy. Man, I've got a free 30-day membership at my gym they gave us because I'm a member said we can invite anybody in. Man, if you want to, I'd love for you to use this and come. you can come work out with me if your schedule allows. Man, I know you're uncomfortable in the gym, and I'd be glad to show you how to do this and do that. Hey, man, I'm not pushing on you, but man, if you got your diet, it could probably be tweaked a little bit. And if I can help you in any way, man, I'd be glad to help you. Huge difference, isn't there? One way wants to hurt me because they, they think they're helping me by tearing me down. No, you just pissed me off and I want another blizzard. (laughs) Now you've made me feel so low that I feel like I've already screwed up, so what's one more blizzard going to hurt me? The other one's like, man, this person cares about me. They want to help me, not hurt me. So we're going to learn to listen. We're also going to learn to listen when the person can help us. Here's what I mean by that. There's some areas in my life where people know me, they love me, and they believe in me. And it's not because they're dumb people, it's not because they're ignorant people, but they have zero clue about what their help they think they're helping to give advice on. So they're not really the type of person I need to listen to. If you own an automotive shop and you work on cars, for example, 
you probably don't need to listen to advice from me when it comes to how to work on cars. I don't know anything about it. I know so little about working on cars that I'm in the barber shop the other day and they're asking about our car situation and somehow that turns to what my wife does for a living and the barber who trims up my beard who barely knows me, he only knows me from the barber shop said, and Gary don't know nothing about or does he even know how to put gas in it? I don't know anything about it. And I'll be honest with you, I got a new car and it, every time I pull into the gas pump, I pull in on the wrong side so I really, he's telling the truth. We're going to learn and see, can this person help me? Now, if I came up to someone and said, man, hey, can I help you in marketing? Hey, can I tell you I've noticed some things when it comes to branding that you're probably not doing right? Hey, can, can, I, can I give you some pointers on working social media? There's certain times you can post and certain times you shouldn't post, and there's certain times that statistics show you that it's better to post. And, and if you use this phrasing, it's going to help you draw more people. And, you know, if you add a picture to it and it's the right kind of picture, it's going to draw people's eyes as they're going down their timeline. Guess what? I can help you in that area. So I'm not trying to criticize you to hurt you. I'm criticizing you because I can help you. So many times people come to me and their hearts are in the right place. They know me, they love me, and they believe in me. And they want to give me advice on pastoring. But here's the problem. Their advice is great if they were in the business world. Here's how you ought to deal with these people. I said, that works out great. When you're the manager at a company where you pay those people, these people volunteer their time after working all week. So while I can't hold them to a certain standard, and I try to hold, at the end of the day, I've got to be a little bit lenient and got to be led by the Holy Spirit a little bit to know how to deal with certain types of people based on what's going on in their life. Because at the end of the day, they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart. I hired a staff person in my previous church one time, and this person led 350 people in the business world, was a very big executive, was a vice president, actually, of a large southern, uh, southern electric company is what it was. And I brought them in, and they struggled crazy. They didn't know what to do. And they were three months in, and they were miserable, and everybody was miserable working. And, and, they, and they were like, I don't understand it, man. I used to have 350 people under me. I said, yeah, you had 350 people under you that you paid. And you had 350 people in you that knew if they made you mad, they lost their job and couldn't make their house payment and couldn't, couldn't make their car payment. And it's real easy to boss around people you pay. I said, all these people you're leading here, you're treating them like you pay them instead of like they're volunteering and using their gifts out of the goodness of their heart for the Lord. You've got to learn how to deal with volunteers. Now, did that, did that make that person an idiot? No, it didn't make them an idiot at all. But I was able to come along and help them because in my life, for 20 years, I've dealt with volunteers. I know a little something, something about it. It's easy to look and be black and white, but if you haven't walked in those shoes, you know everything. So as it comes to listening, you've got to ask yourself, are you going to listen? And you listen when someone can help you. Christine's grandfather, we go to Christine's grandfather. When it comes to finances, you know why? Because he's very good with finances. So why wouldn't I listen to him? He can help me in that area. There's other people in my family, while I love them and I think they're wonderful and I think they're fantastic, we don't go to them for financial advice. So you've got to learn to listen. Quit being prideful. When they come to you, instead of immediately swelling up, if they know you and they love you and they believe in you, ask yourself, is this something that I need to hear from? Because they want to help me, and because they can help me, because they have the knowledge in what I'm dealing with. 
instead of getting ready to fight, instead of getting ready to flight, we need to listen. Because they love us. They know us. They believe in us. So why wouldn't we listen to that type of person? Second thing we're going to do, we're going to learn when the time to answer is. Because just because they come to you doesn't mean they're always right. There might be a time that you have to answer back to them and give them a little bit more information because they're coming to you and being critical of something they don't have all the facts to. So there's sometimes we're going to sit back and just listen and take what they say. And there's sometimes we're going to say, you know what, I appreciate your advice, but I I need to give you some facts. It's time to answer their criticism. One of the ways we're going to learn to respond to them is when they're missing information that could change their perception. We're going to answer them when they're missing information that could change their perception. They could be coming to you and being critical of an area in your life. And you could just say something, hey, I get what you're saying, man, and I appreciate what you're saying, but can I let you in on something you don't know? It's easy for you to say this, this, and this because you don't have all the facts. And you tell something and they may like, you know what, I understand better now. Thank you. We're going to respond secondly when they're open to change. There's some people in your life that are just not open to change and no matter what you say, you're not going to change their opinion. Some people just love to be critical. Even those that know us, love us and believe in us they're just critical people I have a group of people that just love to criticize me for a hobby they have nothing better to do with their time some people play sports these people criticize I could waste my breath all day long trying to answer them and it would do me no good Let me give you an example. I got a speeding ticket the other day in Canton. I posted on Facebook. I said, man, the one police officer I don't know has pulled me over. It had about 150 comments led by my wife of people making fun of me. (laughs) Thought you ran this town. Thought you were the godfather of this town. It's very rare in my perfection that I mess up, so I let you have your fun. But over and over and over, I thought you were the godfather. So me being funny, I said, oh, I'll prove that I'm the godfather. And the officer will find out when they wake up with a horse head in their bed. The next day, the police chief calls me. And he says, Gary, saw your post last night. I said, yeah. He goes, well, they were giving you hell, weren't they? I said, they were. He said, I saw your response. That was pretty funny. He goes, I need you to know before I tell you what I'm about to tell you, I knew you were joking. He goes, I never had a doubt in my mind you were joking. He goes, we laughed about it in the office. He said, but we had a phone call today from somebody in the community who wanted to know why we had not arrested you for terroristic threats yet. He said, man, you got some people that are critical of you. 
And I said, welcome to my world. He said, I'm not mad. He goes, I just wanted to give you a heads up that if you heard about it, it didn't come from us. We could really care less. He said, but man, some people just love to hate on you. It is what it is. But here's the deal. I could meet with that person. I could tell them that I was joking. I could tell them, man, did you not read the rest of the post? Did you not see the big smiley face and the winky face and the LOL, which in the Geneva Convention everybody knows through Facebook that that is means you're joking? It's the universal symbol for hey, 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 ha, 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 I'm joking. And that person would have never believed anything I said. So I'm not going to waste my breath answering that type of person. But there's been other people along the, time, the line that are open to change. I've had people come up to me and be like, hey, I heard your church does X, Y, and Z. I don't completely understand that and agree with it. Am I understanding wrong? There's been times I've been able to look at it and be like, yeah, actually, you are understanding wrong. Here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's amazing. Or I've been able to look at them and say, nope, you're not understanding wrong at all. That's exactly what happened and exactly what we were trying to do. You've got to be open. You've got to know when to respond and when not to respond. This is especially true in marriages. Sometimes our marriage can just be characterized by critical words. Sometimes we can become so frustrated with everything else in our life and we can't do anything about the other aspects that we feel like we can take it in our spouse and we can begin to see the worst in our spouse and we can read into everything they say and there can be criticism from both sides nonstop. Somebody say amen. amen. You'll destroy your marriage this way. You've got to learn when there's a time to respond and be like, man, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, but let me respond. Let me tell you, let me say, you took it as I was doing that, but, but I wasn't doing that at all. You got to know when to respond. There's a scripture in the Old Testament. We see a person, he's answering critical people. Judges 8, 1, there's a group of people that were criticizing Gideon. Normally you'll say there's other times that they're responding and they're criticizing Gideon and Gideon just ignores them and goes about his business. But in this scripture, he responds to them. And the Ephorites asked Gideon, why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And they challenged him. And Gideon said, but he answered them. He gave a defense of why he didn't call them. If you were to go on and read the rest of the story, you'll see that he built them up. He complimented them. He encouraged them. He said, look what all you've done compared to me. He made them feel better. And then he went on in verse 3, and he said, when the men of Ephraim heard Gideon, he said, when they answered him, they were no longer angry. There was a time that getting, being the leader, and you know what you know, they're criticizing me. Let me step back. Let me answer them. Because they don't have all their facts straight on the situation. He didn't fight. He didn't flight. He answered the critics. And when they heard his response, they were no longer angry with him. People are going to come along and they're going to be critical in your life. We've got to learn to listen. We're going to learn when the right time to answer those people are and when the right time not to answer those people are. And then here's an amazing thing. We're going to learn when to dismiss criticism. You can know me. You can love me. You can believe in me. You can have my interests at the forefront of your life. 
you can want to see me be successful in every area of my life. You can have earned the right to speak in to my life. But there's just going to be some times I'm not going to agree with you. There's just going to be sometimes you're not going to convince me. Now, we've got to be prayed up. We've got to make sure we're walking in the Spirit. We've got to make sure that pride is not swelling up. We've got to make sure that we're not doing it to feed our own ego. But we're going to learn when to dismiss criticism. When the person is characterized by being overly critical, we're going to ignore it. Again, there's just some people that are so critical. They're like the boy who cried wolf. You've criticized everything I've done because it doesn't think like you and line up like you and you don't understand what I'm trying to do. And I've heard everything I move, good Lord, the way I, the, 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 the way I walk. The way I talk. The way I wear my hair. The way I wear my clothes. Or what kind of car. Everything I do, you... Uh, it's my, this is their favorite line. Oh my God, it drives me crazy. Let me be the devil's advocate for a minute. Hey, the devil don't need an advocate. Let, let me just give you a different point of view. And sometimes you need a different point of view. But when they always want to give you a different point of view, you want to look at them and be like, good Lord, just shut up. The problem is they'll come to you occasionally and they'll be dead on right. And they've lost the right to be right in your life because of all the times they were wrong in your life. So the boy who cried wolf. There's always a wolf. There's always a wolf. And finally they're right and we miss out on it. Christine and I have someone like that in our life. We talk about it all the time. This person, sometimes, man, they're dead on right. And we're like, man, people should listen to what that person's saying. And they're always like, but no one's going to listen because they're used to this person always giving their opinion and always being critical on all the other areas. And so they've tuned them out in this area. Overly critical. And they're overly critical because they can know you, they can love you, they can believe in you, but they're overly critical because they're just not happy with themselves. They don't like themselves. They don't like the person who's staring back in the mirror at them. So we're going to learn to dismiss those people. When a person comes along that knows us, loves us, believes in us, but they're emotionally unhealthy, or they're wounded themselves, we're going to ignore their criticism. I watched someone literally two weeks ago in this lobby giving advice to someone. Someone was getting married in our church, and this person, how would you ever get married, and blah, 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 and just lighten into them. Now, the person lighting into them knew the person they were talking to, they loved the person they were talking to, and they believed in the person they were talking to. But when it came to marriage, the person giving the advice was emotionally wounded. They had just got out of a bad marriage. They were burned. They were fried. They were bitter. Probably rightfully so. But they weren't in a position to be giving advice. And I tried to ignore it. And if you know me, I'm not good at ignoring things. And so I walked away, and I went out, and I'm shaking hands and kissing babies. And Eric gets over, and I see the individual that, had been, that was getting married. And I could tell he was dejected. And I walked over to him and I said, hey, man, marriage is tough. 
but I'm excited for you and I'm happy for you. And -and so-and-so thought they were just trying to help you. I said, but they're wounded right now and they're hurt right now and I wouldn't give a grain of salt to anything they told you. And I I very much was specific. I said, about that subject. There's plenty of other subjects they can come to you and give you advice on. Matter of fact, I said, there's plenty of subjects that that person is a genius in. There's subjects I go to that person about. But just dismiss what they just told you about marriage. So the guy looked at me and said, so you're telling me marriage ain't hard? I said, oh, no. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. And they're like, oh. And I said, and it's the greatest thing you'll ever do in your life. And I said, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would live happily ever after. I said, but it's work. I said, so long as you go into it knowing it's work, it's worth it. (laughs) Matthew 15 says, he replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. You've got to know when to dismiss people. See, we're, I'm learning this the older I get. We're a very black and white society. It's right and it's wrong. Oh, there's so much gray. So when it comes to criticism, I can't give you, or critical people, I can't give you a do this, don't do that. You've got to be in tune with God. This is why your personal worship with God is so vital. It's why you need to be in the book. It's why you need to be prayed up. That way you can have the discernment of knowing when I need to listen, when I need to dismiss, when I need to respond, when I don't need to respond. When, when I need to dismiss everything they're saying altogether because here's the deal, they love me and they love me and they believe in me, but they're just an overly critical person or man, they're just an unhealthy person, they're wounded. I still love them, but they are what they are. You've got to have this amazing thing called discernment. And that comes from the Holy Ghost being vibrant in your life. And the Holy Ghost is vibrant in your life and shining in your life when you're in tune with God. Critical people are going to come along. There's a whole group of people who have no right to be critical. Don't worry about them. But the ones that know us, love us, believe in us, they've earned that right to speak into our life. So we're going to learn to listen We're going to learn when to respond. And even those people who have the right to respond in our life, we're going to learn when to dismiss their criticism. There is an old adage that's very true. Sometimes you just haven't walked a mile in my flip-flops. They don't have a right to speak. And we need to accept this principle. I'm done today because I'm hungry. We can't please all the people but we can please God. Your job on this earth is not to please all the people around you. Your job is to please God. And I'll even go as far as saying this. If you're living to please God, many, many, many times you're going to live your life not pleasing people. Just is what it is. You got to learn to deal with critical people because they're going nowhere. 
They're not disappearing. I don't know where that buzz came from, but I guess we're done. See, I could be critical of Barry right now. Or I could put myself in Barry's shoes and realize that Barry probably didn't do anything at all. So for me to yell at Barry wouldn't do me any good because he could mute my mic at any moment if I was to yell at him. You've got to learn how to deal with critical people. They're going nowhere. We live, as a matter of fact, I dare say it's only going to get worse. Again, social media, can, can you imagine how much access people have us now compared to 10 years ago? Imagine what it's going to be like 10 years from now. It's going to be insane. You're probably going to be able to go on a website and see anybody 24-7, 24 hours a day, Gary. I'm in. I've been having this idea for a series, actually, this rabbit trail for a moment. I've been wanting to do this series called Uncensored Pastor. I haven't run this by Christine because I know the answer would be no. So the Lord hasn't led me enough to bring it to her. But I thought, I want to do a series where people realize preachers are just normal, regular guys. So there was cameras on me 24 hours a day for 30 days. So you could see me and Christine fight. You could see me get mad at the store. You could see me whip the kids. You could see me, you know, not naked because no one will see that. But you have to pay extra for that. But um, the rest would be free. And so, but I thought, just let people know that pastors are normal people. We have the same struggles you have. And I just thought that'd be really cool and have like a film crew with me at all times. But I knew Christine wouldn't go for it. So we're not doing it. But I am speaking it into existence right now. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit of God moves on her heart as she's in tune with God and is open to it. What are we talking about? Critical people. Learn to deal with them. Because if you don't learn to deal with them, man, and you try to please people all the time, it will literally destroy you.